0: Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Hope you all had a great um, end of your Thanksgiving weekend. Good Black Friday and Cyber Cyber Monday. I know I bought some stuff for um, girl, my girlfriend and a couple other people in my family because of those awesome deals. But, you know, this is a hockey podcast. Um, sucks that we did not have the Steelers this weekend, though. I, I'm not going to touch on that just because I'll probably... Um, get fired if I really <laughs> did explain my true thoughts on that. But um, joining us today is Josh Yowie of The Athletic. He hasn't he hasn't been on here, I don't think, since August, but it's great to have him back here as we start December. Josh, how you doing, man?
1: I'm all right. I, I took advantage of some Cyber Monday deals as well. Did some uh, Christmas shopping for the kiddos and for the lady friends. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm in the same boat as you. when, when you don't have hockey... To focus on, you have to have other things in life like, you know, going Christmas shopping or dealing with Rob Rossi or getting angry at the NFL. So, you know, just trying <laughs> to stay busy like the rest of us.
0: Yeah, I mean, the NFL is just something else right now. Like I said, I-, I could touch on a whole episode on that. But, you know, I don't host the Locked On Steelers podcast. That's Chris Carter. So if you guys want to go t- listen to that, uh, go listen to Locked On Steelers because he does a great job over there. But, um. Josh, there's just been a little bit of rumors recently about the new season. Um, Pierre Lebrun's tweet this morning just got me even more mad. I mean, there's still hope to drop the puck in early January. I mean, that's just not going to happen, I don't think, at this point. 30 days away, you'd have to bring the players in from everywhere across the world. I mean, they got to quarantine, get tested. Um, Then there was, I think, a report yesterday. I'm trying to find this on my Twitter right now. Basically, I think... Ah, geez. I just retweet so much garbage. It's just unreal. Um, (laughs) Basically, you know, there have been no serious negotiations between NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman and Donald Fair for more than a week, which is a playbook apparently that both sides used during the 2012-13 lockout. I mean, do they really expect the fans here to, like, accept this? I mean, the NBA is starting in three weeks now. If you don't have a deal done by then, I mean, you're going to have a lot of very upset people, I would think.
1: Uh, Yeah, Hunter, I mean, first things first, you're correct. The season is not going to start on January 1st. There's no way that's happening. It's already early December. Um, That's a pipe dream at this point. I can tell you pretty much all of the Penguins are back in Pittsburgh now. Mm -hmm. Um, They were told when the season ended for them in August, they were told to be ready by November 15th. So, now, obviously that didn't happen, but that was when they wanted to start training camp, theoretically. Of course, that didn't happen. So I believe everybody except for Evgeny Malkin is back in town. Um, I know Rob Rossi's writing an article about that. I don't know what, exactly when it's going to run. I think at some point during the day on Tuesday or Wednesday it should be out. I think Malkin's the only Penguin not in Pittsburgh right now. I think he's still in Moscow. But uh, I think you know, he'll be back soon. So uh, the team will be ready to go. That's the good news. Uh, the bad news is, like you said, I don't think, we're all that close to an agreement being made right now. And it's frustrating. I think for all of us who are hockey fans, because uh, during May, June, July, the PA and the league worked so well together. Yep, I mean, it literally took them a week and they had everything ironed out and they wanted to play and they made it happen. Exactly. And, and I think it was about as successful as it could have been given the circumstances. And they, they ironed out a, you know, a new deal, which is great. A new CBA, all good news. But now this season, uh, it's a mess. The fact that Fair and Bettman aren't speaking right now, it's kind of childish, really, given the circumstances. Maybe that's just uh, how they choose to negotiate, but it's frustrating. (laughs) Um, Given all that is going on in the world right now, when you see bickering over a CBA between billionaires and millionaires, it's just a bad look. No matter what side you're on, it's a bad look. And and I I tend to uh, sympathize a little bit with the players on this one. I, you know, the, the owners are trying to just really lowball them to the point that they're almost yeah. playing for nothing next season and, and i understand that you know there might not be fans in the building and it's hard for the owners to make money right now i get that but they knew months ago that that was a possibility exactly and players still have contracts you still have to honor them to some extent so i i certainly feel myself siding with the players here and we i'm not going to say it's a big fat mess yet But we're a couple of weeks away from it being a very concerning situation.
0: Yeah, you know, my thoughts on the the owners versus players, you know, thoughts and prayers to the owners who make millions of dollars and they have just so much more money than the players. It's like, I mean, you saw what happened with baseball this past summer, too. They basically both sides were negotiating through the media, it looked like. And I mean everyone sided with the players for obvious reasons because the owners I think were just being cheap. I mean, that's going to there's going to be a whole bunch of discussions I think with that coming in the spring just because of they were just they were bickering like uh, Rob Manfred was in a lot of hot water and he still kind of is. But um yeah, I mean, I the owners, I mean, they I think it was what, a 10% uh, cut of their salaries and now they're asking for an additional 16%. So that's basically a quarter of the players' salaries that they're asking them not to take next season and it's just like that's not fair to the players, and you know I understand why they would be upset about that. They're going to the owners, and the league will be going up against the agreement that they made in the CBA over the summer. And it's just <laughs> like this is like right before you're expected expected to start the season. Now you're going to be pushing for that. I just I I don't really understand that at all.
1: I I, I don't like it, and you know people have to understand. And I, I know these guys, even the players, make the kind of money that most of us will never seeing couldn't even dream of yeah but you do have to remember okay let's say you make five million a season okay that that, you're a very wealthy person but after taxes you really only see about half of that and now you're losing ten percent then they want you to take another sixteen percent i think it is um before you know it you can understand where they're coming from uh you you really can um these are supposed to be guaranteed contracts Mm -hmm. and the league is kind of playing dumb as if to say, Oh, we, we didn't know the pandemic was going to be this bad still. Oh. And we thought there'd be people in arenas. Like nobody knew how bad the pandemic the <laughs> pandemic was still going to be. Excuse me. But th- there was no guarantee that, you know, by Christmas we were all going to be 100% healthy, not have to worry about getting COVID. I mean, th- they knew this was a possibility and these are by and large billionaires. You are correct. And, they're not going to win any uh, public opinion polls right now, the way they're conducting business no. and, you know, Batman and fair. Yes, they did work very well together during the summer and that was great, but these are not best friends. These have been adversaries for a really long time. They both have enormous egos, Oh yeah. Um, you know, and I can understand Donald fair being upset. I, I can, this is, this shouldn't be the, that difficult of a transition to make the NBA is apparently doing so seamlessly that they're having no real issues. They did it
0: within a week, I think, when they were negotiating for their seventy-game season or whatever. It
1: starts like the twenty-second or yep. twenty-third. weeks. Yeah, so <laughs> they could figure it out. I, I, you know, I don't know. I I know every sport is different and has its uh, nuances with money, but this is a problem. And and now you have to consider. And I listen, I still think there's going to be a season, but the longer this goes on, there are going to be people who say, you know what, they should have shut down and start next season in October and just start all over again. And you can see why people would say that, um, but I also worry about financially how certain franchises are going to be able to survive. And, and what's a bigger hardship for, say, the Carolina Hurricanes? You know, paying their $60 million payroll with no income? Or just shutting down the season. Like, uh, both are bad things financially. I'm not sure which one is worse. I think it varies from team to team. But I worry about franchises like Carolina and Arizona and Florida, Dallas even. They, these are franchises that don't draw real well, that don't make a lot of money. Um, the league could look a lot different in a year from now if, if no hockey has been played.
0: Yeah, and I was reading that report from Kevin McCran yesterday. He was basically talking about, you know, it would probably cost each team at least like $150 million to operate without fans for another season, factoring <clears throat> payrolls and all that. Apparently, he said it's believed that some owners have told Bevin that they would be financially just better off not playing the season and just going to next season. And I mean, I understand that, you know, especially with no fans in the building. I mean, you're seeing, you know, some teams around the NFL right now, they're still not allowing fans, and the Steelers just. Um, I mean, they're taking yep. a hit as well because they're not allowing fans now in the building there. I don't think the Eagles are allowed fans in, the, in their building now as well. So it's just this whole thing's a mess. Do, do you have any realistic idea of how many games there would be in the season if they were to start in like February or something, like 60?
1: Um, I would guess. Here's one scenario I've heard. No, I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the number 56 has popped up a lot. Um that's because we could see you know, a situation where you have four divisions with eight teams in each division, and teams oh, might only play their divisional opponents. Oh, and, and we know if there's a Canadian division, which there's going to be, and I, I always talk about this, like I speak from experience, my kids live in Canada with my ex-wife, so I know what uh, dealing with the border is like right now. I'm, I'm trying to make my way up Friday for Christmas, like, I don't know if it's going to happen because it's, it's an incredible ordeal. So we know that the Canadian division, they're only going to play each other. And so it could be whatever division the Penguins end up playing in, they only play those divisional opponents in the regular season. 56 is a number I've heard. Uh, If there's eight teams in the division, eight times seven play 56 times, something like that. Um, In that ballpark, it'll be somewhere between 40 and 60 games, I think, if I had to guess. But I can tell you that the NHL, literally has probably 10 different proposals that they're looking at right now and they're all conceivable and it's just a matter of what the covid numbers do in the next few weeks when an agreement is reached what's going on with the border you name it so it's you know it's it's a real mess
0: yeah and then you know i i read on rob's report on the athletic actually i think it was about a week ago about Penguins maybe being in a new division. And I would be all for something like that. I would love for them to play Detroit a lot more, reignite that old rivalry. Nashville would be fun. I haven't seen them beat Chicago too many times over the years just because they they struggle like heck up there. But, you know, just seeing a bunch of them, seeing them play a bunch of new teams in a division – I know it would suck for a lot of people not to see them play in Washington and Philadelphia and the two New York Mm -hmm. teams, and I get that. But, you know, I'm kind of tired of playing them every year in the playoffs anyway, and I feel like if you're just going to go rogue and do something new, why not? I think it's a great idea if they were to do something like that.
1: Well, I I will say this, too. Um, Just in terms of making the playoffs for the Penguins, I would rather be in a division with Chicago and Detroit And even Nashville, um, because the Metropolitan Division, you know, as we know, it is absolutely loaded. And there is one proposal where it would essentially be the Metropolitan Division for the Penguins. Only Boston would be added. And I'm not sure what team would be removed. I think Carolina, maybe.
0: Oh, good gracious.
1: (laughs) The Penguins don't need to be in a division with Boston and the Flyers, and the Islanders, and Columbus, and Washington. My goodness. I mean, that would be a nightmare. So if you want to preserve the Penguins' playoff streak, uh, I would think having a division with maybe Detroit and Buffalo and Nashville is not bad, but Chicago is kind of in a rebuilding phase now. Um, That would probably be a lot better for the Penguins. I'm not saying they won't make the playoffs in the standard metropolitan division. They might. But that division is an absolute nightmare. And you're right. I think for if it's just one season or you're in a completely different division, I think it'd be cool. I I do. I I wouldn't want that to be a long-term thing because I think the rivalries the Penguins have, especially with the Flyers, Capitals, Rangers, like those aren't rivalries you want to give up. Um, And they mean a lot to the fans. But just for one year, especially given the situation, I actually think it'd be kind of cool. And you know what else I would like to see? Uh, let's say there's 16 teams make the playoffs and I don't know when the playoffs come in May or whenever, who knows what'll be going on with the border, but if they can play each other and if we're able to cross, I would love to see just one versus 16, two versus 15. Yep. I, I think hockey fans would absolutely go crazy for that. Did I, you agree?
0: I would, I would love that man. Do like a March madness kind of thing. Another one yeah. that I think would maybe blow your brains off. Josh, how the top team pick who they play, make it a live event <laughs> Please do it. Just please do it. Each conference, or that if you get the number two seed, who do you want to play? Number three seed, who do you want to play? And that would yes. that would just like, the teams that they would pick. That would I think really light a fire in them and be like, oh, okay, you want to play us? Like we'll go at you. And it would just it's something new and it's something creative in the league. Desperately needs new and creative things. I think for the oh, playoffs. Yeah. No, I've
1: always wanted to see that in the NFL. We've been with what's going on with that I would love for like Mike Tomlin to be at a podium and say we would like to play the Cleveland Browns like I would I would absolutely love that so I um, I'm all for that idea but I've always thought just one versus 16 yeah. 2 versus 15 like I don't need to see like you know Penguins Islanders again in a series yeah. or these teams that play each other all the time I I, I mean to, I don't like the current format with the divisions anyway I, I, I just think it's run its course. I would enjoy like Pittsburgh Vegas in the first round or whatever. It would be cool. I I think fans would absolutely love it. I, I, I truly believe that. Uh, and who knows what the playoff format will be? But it wouldn't shock me if they do that uh, for the season. But it, again, it, so much of it depends on the border. I think if, if Canadian teams, you know, can't play the American or can't host American teams, and you're going to have to have playoffs in a bubble, and they're going to have to be in American cities probably. So um, there's there's a lot to to consider, but hopefully by May or June, whenever there's a vaccine or the numbers have dwindled to the point that we can just cross the border and and, and host uh, each team can host games in its arena with some fans. That uh, that would be ideal.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely I think the most ideal situation for the league, especially when they open up the Canadian border and hopefully we can get we can maybe, maybe a Canadian team can go to the Stanley Cup final. Hey, and also I was thinking about this. You know, if, the, if the Leafs come out of that Canadian division and they come out of their playoffs, you know, they would actually be able to make the final four for the first time. And like, since before I was born, so
1: uh, <laughs> this might be, this might be an NHL ploy to get a Canadian team in the final. You might be right. You might have something, <laughs> although just off the top of my head, like an Edmonton Toronto series would be pretty awesome. So I, I wouldn't mind watching that, right? I wouldn't
0: mind watching Matthews go up against McDavid. You know, I think <laughs> McDavid would come out with like a house on fire or something like that. But, um. Before we get to our next segment, Josh, and we can talk to you all about jerseys, since I saw some of your takes about the jerseys um, last week and all that, um, it's time to talk about Bilt Bar. There's 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors. A few of them are the Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp, and the Cookies and Cream, 12 original flavors, uh, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, are just a few. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Um, There is an offer. You can go to BiltBar.com and use promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at BiltBar.com. Okay, Josh. So about, what was it, a week and a half, two weeks ago, the NHL finally released their reverse retro jerseys. Um, I understand why some people are a bit mad about it with the Penguins one just because, well, you know, they look like the Rangers ones. And you know what? I tell those people that they can just get lost because um, I think they're better (laughs) than the uh, Rangers ones. Um, but I'm also just a sucker for the original retro one of Snoop Dogg riding his bike. I think that's one of the best jerseys in the, the franchise's history. But I, the more I look at this one, the more it grows on me. I'm hoping I can get it for the holidays. Um, I'm actually trying to convince my girlfriend to get me this as I speak. But um, what, what do you think overall about like, the idea of the reverse retro jerseys, not just for the Penguins, but for like
1: the league? Oh, I'm all for them. I, I think um, – I'm not like a huge jersey person myself, but I acknowledge that many people are. Like, people just go crazy for it, and so yeah. why not? I, I'm all for it. I'm okay with the Penguins retro jersey. I didn't love it. Um, I, thought, I thought it was okay. Something about the colors like don't pop for me, but I'm a little colorblind too. I think you had Rob on. I don't know if you asked Rob about that. He's very colorblind. He said more that, than yes. I am. Yeah, I am a little bit myself. I think I twenty five percent of men are, so we're not alone. But um, they're okay. Um, the Snoop Dogg jersey that will always be my favorite Penguins jersey. I actually know a guy who goes to every home game and actually has gin and juice on the back of the uh, the Snoop Dogg jersey. Oh, so that's just that's <laughs> uh, beautiful. It's, it's why it's not their third sweater. I don't know. People will buy. How many people would buy like the Crosby Snoop Dogg jersey? Sorry, I got. It. I'm sure they're going to do it one of these years. I don't know why they haven't yet. It's the greatest jersey in franchise history. One of the best jerseys in, in oh. hockey history, in my opinion. Um, but I'm all for the retro jerseys. My favorite one was the uh, the Colorado slash Quebec Ooh, jersey. That one was is sweet. Fabulous. Like I, and it's funny, um, a little personal story. Um, I mentioned my, my kids and my ex-wife. Um, my ex-wife is actually friends with Philip Grubauer. So she's kind of like turned my kids into avalanche fans, which is fine. I like the abs. Mm-hmm. And so like now everybody wants the uh, retro Jersey for, for Christmas, uh-huh. which might hack a bit, but I said, you know what? Those bad boys are spectacular. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, her oldest son actually said to me, think you can get me a sack of Jersey and that, that that abs retro. I said, I don't know. I'll see what I can do. That sounds pretty sweet. Actually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would, I would love to get one for, um, Forsberg he was my favorite player growing up to watch oh, really uh, I am a big Peter Forsberg fan so if they had a jersey like hit with him with that I, I'd, I'd get that I don't care how much money it would be to be honest
1: yeah that, I mean those were my favorites they are just spectacular I like that they uh, pay homage to, to the Nordiques and I wish we still had Nordiques and come to think of it you know if the league does go into some kind of shutdown we might have the Nordiques in a year or so <laughs> they have a, <laughs> they do have a A fabulous arena in Quebec City just waiting for an NHL team. In fact, the Penguins, you might recall, played a preseason game there, I think, in 2015 Mm. against the Canadians. And I I was there. I can tell you that is the most spectacular hockey arena I have ever witnessed. So that would actually be really cool if they got a team again at some point. But uh, I love that one. I enjoy the L.A. Kings uh, retro jersey a great deal. Um, there were a couple. I don't know if you had any preferences. The Capitals one I thought was okay too. That was a sweet but... one.
0: I, I didn't mind that one at all. You know, a couple of my friends who are Capitals fans were pretty big on it. Um, the Minnesota North Stars one, the, the one, that was like a throwback to it, that was pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, I liked that one too a lot. Were there any that you didn't like?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. The Red Wings one, it looked like you just handed in a homework assignment in homeroom, as uh, Chad once said <laughs> on his podcast. I, I'll never, I was listening to his, and I'll never forget how he just described it. That's just. Perfect. It literally just literally what it looked like. It was just so bad. And then um, I thought the
1: Islanders was kind of lame. It looked same, like Lou didn't want to get too excited with that one now.
0: It's the same jersey, home as their home jersey. You just bring back the fisherman one. Right. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. the Rangers one was kind of eh, eh. Right. Yeah. Some, some of them, I don't know, the Sharks one was kind of weird. I wasn't really wasn't a big fan of that. Um, the Flyers one kind of stinks too. Yeah. Um, carolina is the hartford whalers i mean come on you can't go wrong oh. with hartford whalers right there
1: let's start singing brass bonanza in a minute yes i mean <laughs> and uh, that one i forgot about that one that one was really sweet you know the sharks it's tough for the sharks because they have such a, a famous logo mm-hmm. oh yeah like i was i was growing up in the 90s and in pittsburgh so obviously the penguins were wildly popular then you would be amazed how many kids like in 1993, at the Peters Township Middle School, we're wearing San Jose Shark shirts just because everyone was in love with that logo. I mean, everyone—you saw—you couldn't go anywhere without seeing the Sharks logo. So they don't really have to change their uniform all that much, I guess.
0: Yeah, I don't think so as well. You know, I, I did have Rob on here a, a couple of weeks ago. I, I did bring up the jerseys to him, and you know, he said he—he he said something that got me really excited. That apparently, at some point, the Robo Penguin could be making its return, like, potentially. Um, I think a lot of fans I, – I, I think the fan base is split on that one just because of what happened during those years. I mean, but I'd be all for the Robo Penguin coming back because I think that logo is just sweet.
1: I like it. I'm all for all of them coming back you know, sporadically. I, I think that's the way to do it. And the Penguins you – know, Sean John Tilly wrote a great article for us a few months ago about the Penguins logo. And I mean for a franchise that historically speaking isn't that old I – mean, it's over 50 years old now – but it's amazing how many different looks they've had, from the blue and white to the black and gold to the Vegas gold, mm-hmm. uh, all of the different wild logos. Um, no, the 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 Penguins uh, sweater is certainly part of franchise lore, and I will say, like I, I go to all arenas, so I, I feel like I'm pretty, you know, qualified to speak of this. I think Penguins fans wear uniform jerseys to games probably about as much as any fan base I've ever seen. It's incredible. How many penguin sweaters I see at home games? Oh yeah. Compared, it's not that they don't wear them in other arenas. Some do more than others, but it always like blows me away. That's just like a Pittsburgh thing, I guess. Because you go like some like Montreal. Nobody wears a jersey to games in Montreal, especially like the Saturday night games. Like everybody kind of dresses up. Like that's the big social event. That's the hockey game. So everyone's got their suit jackets and their <laughs> and their fancy dresses on. It's so different. And then you go to like the Yinzer crowd, and it's like yeah. It was... There's a <laughs> Phil Kessel jersey. <laughs> Sounds Saturday. like Madison
0: Square Garden, too. You look at the MSG games, all bunch of guys wearing seats just because it's a bunch of corporate seats in there.
1: Yeah. Same with Toronto. I always tell people, watch a game in Toronto. Look in the first five rows behind the Leafs bench. All you see is suits and ties. That just tells you how expensive tickets are in the greater Toronto area. It's, it's Even compared to MSG, it's unreal how expensive a game in Toronto is.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, I'm sure. Toronto, the Toronto, that's probably out there, top three most expensive games to go to, I think, in a season, probably up there with Montreal, I would guess, to be honest.
1: Oh, Toronto's the most expensive, Are They even more than Montreal, it's, I know so many people who literally can't afford to go to Leafs games, so they just go see the Leafs in Buffalo or Ottawa or whatever.
0: Hell, they come down, down to Pittsburgh, I see a lot of Leafs fans come to Pittsburgh, it's like, wow, I didn't think they would make the drive there.
1: That's only five hours, and... That is actually done by design. I've actually spoken with people about this. Um, you may notice, if you go back and look at prior schedules, notice the Leafs always have a Saturday game in Pittsburgh like at some point in late November yep. or December. Yep. There's a reason for that because all the Canadians like to drive down to go to Pittsburgh and do their Christmas shopping because they like our shopping a lot better. That's exactly what they do. There's a couple of thousand of them that do it every December. So I that, that that's that's why you see that quirk in the schedule. That's a real thing.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. That, that's actually it, <laughs> it makes a ton of sense. And then of course how many Leafs fans are there? Some people always make the comment, "Why do they invade Pittsburgh so much?" Well, it's a Saturday night and what are you doing on a weekend? You're not working. So Right. Um, yeah, that, that that's awesome. I mean, I, overall, I do like the jer- most of the jerseys, though. You know, Like I said, there were some that they, they, they should have just tried something else or brought back a different kind of um, jersey, I would think. Um, Josh, switching gears to um, a different topic. you know, Jim Rutherford obviously made a lot of moves this offseason, probably more than almost any general manager, but that's expected of him just because that's just who he is. Um, who, who's the player that you're most excited to see play with the penguins just in terms of like fit wise that he acquired
1: well you know there's a couple i, I guess i will start with the obvious and caspery and yeah. um he should fit in the way he plays the game he just does everything at hyper speed i mean he, he is a really fast player um he's got some skill and we've seen him briefly with the penguins i, I still remember a preseason game, he scored a goal in Pittsburgh on a Saturday afternoon when he was 18 years old, and you, you could see the talent. I mean, it, it was quite evident, and I, I can tell you right now, he, he's going to be in the top six. Yeah. They, they did not give up what they gave up for him to be a third- or fourth-line player. Oh, yeah. He's he's going to play on Sidney Crosby's right wing. That is the plan right now. They they really love Russ with, with Malkin and Zucker. That's going to be the second line, and Crosby, Gensel, captain is going to be the top line. And I, I'm curious to see how Kapanen fits in. I'm also curious to see if he can play on the power play. Now, I don't think that will be the initial plan, but Jim Rutherford has told me that he's a guy that might get a look because he's right-handed and they you know, put him in that left circle. They've never really replaced Phil Kessel um, in, in that spot on the ice, although I think Brian Russ might get a look there as well. So Kapanen is a guy, uh, he, he's just an exciting player and Crosby loves playing with fast wingers. That's exactly what Kapanen is. I, I'm just curious to see if there's chemistry there. Sid's not always the easiest guy to play with. Um, we will see. And, you know, Penguins fans might snicker at this, but I want to see Matheson play. I, I do because, I mean, I, I've certainly noticed him before over the years. The guy can skate. I mean, there is no question in the wheels that this guy has. And, and I know it's a bad contract. I'm I'm fully acknowledging I don't like his contract. Yeah. No, I'm th- <laughs> I don't think the Penguins like his contract, let's be honest. But it's not like there isn't some talent there. Um, there is. I don't know what happened to him in Florida the last two years. Clearly things went off the rails for him. But I want to see how he looks. If the Penguins can kind of resuscitate his career, if Todd Reardon can work some of his magic on him, uh, the Penguins could have a really good blue line. Listen, Dumoulin and latang that, that's an excellent pairing. We know this. Um, John Marino, man, I, if he gets any better we know how good he is. Uh, Marcus Pedersen, you know, steady partner for him on the second pairing. If you have Matheson playing at a fairly high level on the third pairing.
0: Cody Ceci, though.
1: <laughs> and he might not even play. You're right. Uh, yeah. I'm not wild about Cody Ceci. I, I wasn't really insulted by the signing because it was one year. like it, It's not yeah, going to hurt them. I, I just
0: I just don't think he's any good. And he's just, I, yeah.
1: I don't either, honestly. I, I've told this story many times. and I, I, I'll tell it again. I didn't say the name before, but he's not with the franchise anymore, so I think it's cool. Um, right before the season ended, um, the Penguins had that awful road trip in San Jose, yeah, or in California, right. rather, and it ended in San Jose. I'm having dinner like two hours before the game in the media lounge. Jacques Martin walks into the media lounge, sits down beside me, has dinner with me, and we're just kind of chatting. And he looks right at me, and he says, you know, he says, Chad Ruedel's been our best defenseman the last two months. I thought, you know – He's not wrong. Like Ruedo played great, but that was also rather telling of how poorly the blue line played. That's why I hope
0: he wins that number six job over CC. I think he actually has a legit shot to do it too. Oh,
1: he does. The coaches like him. And you know, that tells you how much the blue line was struggling with Marino and Dublin out of course, but uh, Ruedo is like perfectly capable. I know there's nothing fancy about his game, but if he's your number six defenseman, I would trust him more than CC. Like, CC might have a higher ceiling, but if Ruedel, you know, can just hold down the 40s, a pretty good penalty killer, he doesn't hurt you, if Matheson can provide some offense in that third pairing, some skating, kind of play a, you know, a safer brand of hockey and, and not make the bad decisions with the puck that he did in Florida, theoretically, that's an okay third pairing, certainly better than what we saw with Schultz and Johnson, which pretty much derailed the season, so... <laughs> There's some potential there on the blue line if at least one of those guys can maybe exceed expec- expectations on the third pairing.
0: Yeah, I mean it, Mathis and C.C. Uh, your best silver lining of it. Yeah, it's not Johnson Scholz. <laughs> no, think...
1: I mean it's not. And yeah. I listen, I know that was kind of the bottom of the barrel. Not only were those two guys not very good NHL players anymore, but they just brought out the worst in each other for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean they and I why they stayed together in that series against Montreal, I will never know. I think Mike Sullivan's a great coach. I think he had a really bad series. And that was certainly especially when you know, I knew the guy who coaches the, who coached the defenseman at the time told me in March, you know, Chadwell Wheedles but our best defenseman, then you don't play him in the playoffs.
0: It's, yeah. Mike Sullivan's had a couple <laughs> very odd last two postseason series with some of his decisions. I think it's actually starting to weigh Weighing on the fan base just a bit, you know, I'm not ready for him to be fired or anything. I think he's a top five coach in the league. But, you know, if if the team kind of stumbles out of the gate or if, you know, he's making some decisions, I could see the smoke um, on his seat getting a little, just a, a tad bit warmer than, you know, it was yeah.
1: after Montreal. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to get fired this season no. for a lot of reasons. No. I think the first of which is financial. Yeah. Uh, they have to be a little careful with their money right now. And I, I think Mike Sullivan's a great coach. I do. Um, but there were some decisions in that series, obviously leaving those two together, leaving Patrick Marlowe in the lineup. And I can tell you, I was one of about 10 members of the media who was allowed to attend practice every day mm-hmm. in that little two-week training camp they had. And here's what I can tell you. Tristan Jari was better than Matt Murray every single day of practice. Everybody there knew it. It wasn't even a contest. Mm-hmm. And two best forwards, not named Crosby and Malkin, Every single day of practice were Evan Rodriguez and Sam Lafferty. Every day. Didn't play. (laughs) hit the play. Lafferty got five minutes, I think, in game three. Um, So there were just some really puzzling decisions that Sullivan made. I think he just went with the veterans, went with the guys who had helped him win before, and I get it. I don't like questioning him because I think he's a legitimately great coach, but he made a lot of bad lineup decisions last summer.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I think Sean wrote that article after game three about, like, the, the defensive pairing, too. It's not like that they're just, like, on the ice for the goals, like, they're actively causing them to happen. And, you know, you have Matt Murray. I, I understood going to Matt just because of his playoff experience, but, you know, when I. <sighs> I don't know. It, it, hindsight with that one in twenty twenty, I I was high on the Matt Murray train for that one just because I think some of the way some of the fan base treated Matt Murray uh, was oh. pretty disgusting, and uh, I was uh, I agree. I just wanted him to really prove them wrong. But you know, when when you, when you tell that story, you know, it does make me wish that Jari started a bit more. Though we'll get our wish this year now with him. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, you sure will. And um, no, I I'm glad you brought that up because Matt Murray. Is a really good human being, and being the guy who replaced Marc-Andre Fleury was never going to be any fun. And I I don't think he was always treated all that great by the fan base. I I do feel for him, and I certainly wish him luck in Ottawa. But Mm -hmm. yeah, there were decisions made that were curious. And regarding Sullivan, not so much his job status, but just his uh, public approval rating in Pittsburgh. I think the first month of the season, whenever it does happen, is going to be very interesting. The Penguins stumble out of the gates. If they're you know four eight and two after ten games or whatever, he's going to be under some heat. I mean, oh, there's yeah. there's no doubt about that, and and I think this whole team and this whole organization will be. I uh, I don't know that anybody was thrilled with the moves they made this summer. I don't know that it was disastrous really, but there were some curious moves made.
0: Yeah,
1: it was. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah,
0: and then you know there's. A couple of things floated my mind, you know, with like the front office changes, you know. I, I mean, I, my couple, me and my couple of my buddies were thinking, like, is, is ownership, like, looking at this, like, like sending a message or something like that. I, I'm not really sure. I don't, I don't know that for a fact, but you know, it was just, it was just curious of how, you know, like, you know, Carmanos got let go, and it's like, you know, he's being very tight lipped about that situation, and it's like, wow, did something, like, did he get forced out or something like that, and then. You know, you have, I mean, the good, I mean, honestly, the best we might've been promoting Sam Ventura, you know? <laughs> That's
1: like, no, uh, Sam knows what he's doing. Um, that, no doubt about that. And it, it, yeah, but it's been a strange summer. The Carmanos thing, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Nobody did. There's really been no explanation given perhaps it was just financial. Yeah. Uh, I know he made a good amount of money and they have to be careful right now. Listen, they furloughed some employees. Some of those employees have come back. Some haven't. Um, so that that's something we we do need to consider that they're under some financial heat. And I know people say, well, Ron Burkle's a billionaire I'm like, well, yes, Ron mm-hmm. Burkle owns a lot of other businesses too. He, he's not just going to pour all of his money into the penguins that that's unfortunately not the way it works, even though he will pour some of it in. so uh, there's just a lot to consider um, that it, <laughs> that that was that was one that got my attention though uh, yeah. the, the Carmanos thing. Nobody saw that coming it was It was a curious move because I know how close he is with Jim Rutherford. They had really kind of a father son relationship, so to see him go um, a a little, little odd.
0: yeah, it was definitely I think a bit um suspicious and then you know in terms of you know going back to our conversation about the team going into next year, I think for like a bounce back guy that I was thinking of I wrote about this earlier today, I mean Jared McCann. Hopefully they give him two line mates that stick with him for a long time. They keep like bouncing them in and out. It's like just give him the center position and let him ride with it with two competent line mates. I mean, I know he scored only one goal in his last, I think it's actually 23 games in the year. Did not look good in the postseason, but you know he had Patrick Marleau stable to his left wing. So um, it's just they gotta like give him two line mates that will like help him offensively. I think is
1: the big thing. I think they just need to figure out what he is. Is he a center? Is he a wing? Do you want him to be your third line center? Is he a top six guy? What 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 is what is his role supposed to be? I, I think he's just one of those players who needs a little bit of a defined idea of who he is supposed to be. And you know, he's a talented guy. He can be a number of different things for you. Um, but I think it just got on his head a little bit last year, and he didn't know what he was supposed to be doing. And you're right, the line mates he was on a different line every night and hockey coaches like to say, yeah oh, that's no big deal. They're professionals. Like, yeah. Some people it is a big deal.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, some people can, yeah, Sidney Crosby can have a different line made every night and get away with it. That's because he's one of the five best players who's ever played. Like, yeah, he, he can pull that off, but Jared McCann might need more than that. McCann. I think it's just a mental thing with him. He's still a pretty young guy. So just turned 24. I think, um, he's already played for a couple of different teams. He entered the league as a first-round pick with a lot of expectations. I think it just gets in his head sometimes, and I think that's what happened during his slump. He did not play well in the playoffs. I would not count him out. I think he's a good hockey player. I really, I like him on a personal level. I, I see how hard he works. He's a good kid. Um, he's got talents, but you're right. They need someone like him uh, to really be a factor. This team, as it currently looks, is very top-heavy. Yep. Yeah first and second lines yeah that they should be quite good but we know on paper how gifted those top two lines are the bottom six isn't real good on paper we know that fourth line when healthy can be pretty good the third line however um, boy know. that's a real concern especially without hornquist um it's obviously a big we risk can't what he did third
0: line, it's a big risk uh, what he did i think
1: yeah no it is it is. absolutely it is. so uh, I worry about their bottom six a lot. That, that, to me, that's the most glaring issue with this team. But uh, in effect of Jared McCann, if Jared McCann scores 20 goals and plays good two-way hockey, that goes a long way toward making that uh, that bottom six pretty decent.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they just they got to get him to be more consistent. I mean, I think a lot of his last year, you know, I was just looking at some of like the data and like he just. Like, the puck wasn't really going in for him. He was just, like, his shooting percentage, like, plummeted. Um, again, moving him up and down the lineup. Just, yeah, figure out what he is. I think he's probably better at center than he is wing. That's just my opinion after like, just watching him at the two different positions. And just give him two line mates that just, you know, will elevate his game. I mean, you know, I was a big proponent of signing someone like Jesper Voss to help him. But I guess they wanted Mark Chankowski, who is coming off of not that good of a season. But he was, I think, a... Almost a fifteen—I think it was a fifteen-goal guy the season before that, or something. They're hoping he can get back to that. And then you have Evan Rodriguez, who you know we got to actually see this guy play because we—they we really have no idea what the Penguins have in him, him at all, to be
1: honest. Yeah, Jasper you know, Fast was on my list as well. I really liked him. I thought he would have been a nice addition. And I know the Penguins liked him too, but that that didn't work out. Jankowski—he's got some talent. Um, he's a big guy and. He's had a couple of good years. He was not good at all last year. He's a mystery to me. And don't forget this name. I know he's not a guy who will score a lot of goals. But Sam Lafferty is a guy they really like. Um, and I, I'm telling you, in training camp, I'm one of the only people who got to see it, I know. But in training camp and in, in July, I guess it was July, yeah. He was awesome. I mean, he was one of the best players on the ice. He looked twice as fast as he was the year before. Um, he, He's going to make this team. And... I wouldn't be shocked if you see him on the fourth line and maybe Tanner gets bumped up to the third line as effective as he was last year. wouldn't shock me if you see something like that. And I got to be honest, I'm not, I don't mean to be critical of him because I like him a lot on a personal level, but I'm not a huge Zach Aston or East fan. He doesn't do that much for me. He's okay. I know his defensive numbers were really good last yeah, year.
0: They're elite. It's he's elite at suppressing um, shots. I would say.
1: Yes, he is. But I, I I would. I just don't see enough tenacity out of him. It drives me nuts. I would love to see a fourth line, just experimentally, uh, a fourth line that would include Brandon Tanev on the left wing and Sam Lafferty on the right wing with Teddy Blueger. That'd be an incredibly fast fourth line, a physical fourth line. I, I would love to see that. But but still, uh, all questions go back to the third line. Yeah. And McCann, what do you do? I, that that that's a concern for the Penguins. It, it really is. I. I just worry that he'll be on that third line and won't have a whole lot to play with, unless yeah. unless Rodriguez, you know, he showed flashes. He did. We know he has some talent. Um, he was when they had that horrible stretch right before COVID shut down the season. He was probably their best player or yeah, four I think, games. A
0: I think he scored against New Jersey too, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, he did. I mean, you, oh, you can see the talent the guy has. So yeah. maybe he and McCann on the third line could have something. That wouldn't shock me.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, you also have, the, also have the very, I think, likely possibility that Jim may go out and get someone to play with McCann at the trade deadline or something just because, you know, these yeah. last couple of years are probably their last two big all-in years until, you know, they have to start uh, retooling a little bit and right. prepare for the yeah, He's
1: got another first-round pick he can use in the out trade. So, I yeah, I mean, seriously, oh, they look pretty deep on the blue line right now, especially with P.O. Joseph, uh, presumably very close to playing. Anyway, you know, we should mention, you know, Samuel Poulin.
0: Yeah. I was just about well,
1: to bring him up. They, they love him. And I only got to see him a couple of times in training camp because he was on the COVID list where he had to sit out the first week of camp because he had been, you know, around somebody who had it. He, I mean, he looks like an NHL player. Just, just, he, he did not look like some 19-year-old kid who did know what he's doing. He's a big, physical kid. He can really skate. Um, stranger things have happened. I, I would not be shocked at all to see him make the team at some point. This season, and Nathan LeGarrier, for that matter. Um, I was actually more impressed with him in the full training camp uh, last fall. I was actually more impressed with him than Poulin, and just the way he can shoot the puck. Man, he he's just a natural goal scorer. So yeah. we do consider those two are not far away from being ready.
0: I think so too. I mean, I, I'm basically on the fence right now. I think honestly, P- Poulin may make the team out of camp. I'm just I'm just about there, just because. You know, he's playing in the World Juniors coming up. I think that's this month now. Um, he's probably going to kill. I think he was playing on the top line with Quinton Byfield at training camp. and um, We'll
1: see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hopefully they do. <laughs> I, I
0: think I think, I think think they were doing it at training camp a, a couple of weeks ago. I was sent back by my buddy. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think he will make it just because of some of the injuries they have. And you remember, Aston Reese is going to be out until February, I think, or
1: he he may he may not
0: miss any time if the NHL doesn't start negotiating.
1: Oh, why not, and I don't mean to put Aston Reese down. He's a perfectly effective yeah. player. I just I don't think he's ever going to be the goal scorer they they were hoping he would be when they signed him uh, three years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. He's just he's much more of a bottom six player. Who's he'll he'll chip in at times, but he's more better, you know just sh- suppressing shots and an elite a penalty
1: network. killer. He, he's yeah. effective, but I, I just want to. I just feel like there's something lacking in that bottom six. They just they need something that's not there right now.
0: Yeah, I mean another guy. Before we move on to the last topic, Joshua, I wanted Craig Smith went to Boston. I think signed for three million per for that. I mean, and that that's a steal because he probably should have gotten like four point five or five million in a regular year. He is someone that <laughs> I very much wish the Penguins had money for because he is great.
1: You're right, in a normal season, he's a $5 million player. I have always liked him. I have always thought he'd be a good fit with the Penguins. Reminds me of Brian Rust a lot. Just a guy who can create his own offense, gets a ton of shots on is fast. Um, yeah, the Bruins, they're not dumb. They, 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 know, they know which players can help them. I suspect he'll be a good fit there. So uh, we'll see. I mean, the Penguins still have a lot of talent, a lot of good hockey players. I'm just – the lineup – at least up front, the lineup in that bottom six feels a lot more uncertain now than it, than it does in your normal season.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens, especially if they have the, these um, these new divisions. But, um, Josh, before I let you go, I did want to ask you, you know, since there's really just been no hockey right now, um, if there's one thing that you really, if there's one thing that you really miss about, like, you know, just with the job right now, what, what would it be? Just, like, being on the road, basically?
1: Well, that's a great question. You know, A colleague of mine, Mark Lazarus, wrote an article in Chicago recently, like the 100 things he misses about hockey. He totally stole my eye. We didn't steal it, but I was thinking about writing something similar. Now I haven't written it because I don't want to look like I'm stealing from him. Maybe I'll do it anyway. What the hell? (laughs) But um, I I miss – I mean, yes, I do miss being on the road. It's funny. When you're on the road all the time, you complain about it because you miss home. And now that I'm home all the time, I'm like, yeah, I could be in Fort Lauderdale right now watching a hockey game. That wasn't such of a bad life. So I, I I do miss that aspect of it, but for me the biggest thing—God, this is gonna sound phony, and I swear it's not—I really just miss the people at PPG Paints Arena. Um, I, we're kind of a big family there, whether it be fellow media members or arena workers or people who serve the food in the press box. Or, like those, I see those people more than I see my family. I, I, I really do, yeah. and. Um, everybody who covers the NHL will, will tell you that people in Pittsburgh are just the greatest. They're the friendliest people in that arena. Um, I you know, haven't seen them in almost a year now and um, don't know what I'm going to. And I, I really miss them a lot. I, that's kind of my extended family. I just, man, I miss Saturday night home games, just seeing everybody. And uh, it's, uh, it's not the same right now. It really isn't. Yeah. That's
0: actually, that, that's a hell of an answer to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, I definitely miss all of it right now. I mean, I, we should be watching games. You know, I think, I think I saw a tweet from my friend the other day, you know, this would be a perfect night to watch them play the Capitals on like a Wednesday night rivalry game or something. Yep. And it's like, right. yeah, it just, it feels weird. You know, I've been going on YouTube and watching some of these old penguin games just because I get bored. And, you know, it's just like, I, I wanted to come back as soon as it can. And, and, you know, hopefully they can come to an agreement. But, I just wanted to ask you that.
1: Yeah, we could have had a uh, Steelers-Penguins doubleheader on a Wednesday. That would have been amazing.
0: (laughs) Imagine the traffic getting into downtown Pittsburgh that day.
1: (laughs) During rush hour, yeah.
0: Yeah, i probably have to leave now. But, um, yeah, I wanted to ask you that before I go. But, Josh, uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. This was really great stuff. I really appreciate it. And, you know, hopefully the next time you come on, we'll actually have some games to talk about or, you know, do a full season preview or something.
1: As you know, I will come on at any time. But, my God, I hope we have hockey to talk about the next time I'm on. That, that would certainly be nice, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. Hopefully there's an update coming from the Bobfather, Elliot Friedman. Someone. just Someone put <laughs> out an update or something like that. But, um, yeah, guys, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We'll have another episode coming um, tomorrow and then another episode on Thursday or Friday to round out the week. So stay tuned for that, and I hope you all have a great rest of your day.